Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, Richard Tom. Get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. And I've got a couple of websites for you, ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Live on your email address is TalkToRichiel at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com. Uh, several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format and location. And by the way, the banner links and hyperlinks are available at both sites. Uh, we've got Launchpad One, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, just to name a few. Flagship station WMV, The Gold Rush, which rebroadcasts Friday show 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. They can be found at WMVARadio.com, Odyssey.com, Radio.net. Uh, newest affiliate, Net News Network, and NetNewsNetwork.net, which uh, uh, t- takes uh, certain episodes, uh, and they uh, have them available there for you to download at your pleasure and leisure. By the way, Net News Network at NetNewsNetwork.net is a true journalism site, internet journalism site. Also being streamed live by Thunderous Radio at ThunderousRadio.com. I'm sorry, not at ThunderousRadio.com, but uh, that site is down, but we're hopefully going to get that back up, uh, hopefully here in a couple of months or so. However, in the meantime, you can go to Zeno FM, Zeno.FM actually, Zeno.FM, and search for Thunderous Radio. In fact, you can click on the hyperlink that's on the websites, or you can simply search Thunderous Radio at Streamiter.com, MyTuner.com, or radio.net. And when you go to search it, look for an icon that's sort of bluish black and has lightning bolts coming down kind of one side and then on the other side it says Thunderous Radio in, in print. All right. So that's what you want to look for. Loads, as always, to talk about. This one kind of surprised me, but then I thought about it and said, well, yeah, why are you surprised, dude? You really shouldn't be. This is a red state that I'm, I'm going to be talking about with a uh, red state governor, if you will. And maybe that's why it first took me aback for a moment, but I kind of thought about it. I thought, well, 
You see, I tend to be a pox on both political houses, Republicans and Democrats. And I know I take a lot of people off doing that on both sides. I don't care. This being reported by Sam Sachs, WFLA Channel 8, Florida. Now, not too many mainstream media outlets either side of the spectrum have jumped on this much. <clears throat> but I'm going to share something here with you in this story that I believe is incredibly unconstitutional. But I've warned might happen. I've warned might happen. I've warned many of my friends and associates over the years that this could happen. Here we are, if this bill goes through. Hopefully, it will not. And I think this might be an acid test for me for Ron DeSantis. Florida bill would require bloggers who write about governor to register with the state. To register with the state. You heard that right. Let me repeat it. Florida bill would require bloggers who write, just, you know, bloggers, who write about Governor DeSantis to register with the state. Why? Florida Senator Jason Brodeur. Now, he's a Republican. He's a Republican from Lake Mary. Wants bloggers who write about Governor Ron DeSantis, Attorney General Ashley Moody, and other members of the Florida Executive Cabinet or Legislature to register with the state or face fines. I'm going to repeat that. Florida Senator Jason Brodeur, who's a Republican from Lake Mary, wants bloggers who write about Governor Ron DeSantis, Attorney General Ashley Moody, and other members of the Florida Executive Cabinet or Legislature to register with the state or face fines. Let me continue. Here's Brodeur's proposal. It is Senate Bill 1316. This is Florida now. Florida Senate Bill 1316. Information dissemination would require any blogger writing about government officials to register with the Florida Office of Legislative Services or the Commission on Ethics. In the bill, Brodeur wrote that those who write, quote, an article, a story, or a series of stories about the governor, the lieutenant governor, a cabinet officer, or any members of the legislature, and receives or will receive payment for doing so, must register with the state officers within five days after the publication of an article that mentions an elected state official. Now, let me pause right there. I have a a, a blog. I haven't written anything on it in a long time. It's called Richie L's Rant. And it is sponsored. I have little sponsors here. I don't make much money off of it. Money I make off of it's laughable, but... And, of course, I do make money with this podcast and all that. A little, uh, not, I'm not getting rich off of it. It's, it's a partial income. Um, but nothing to, you know, get super excited about. Hey, money's money, right? Helps pay bills and buy things. But uh, I'm not getting rich. Let's put it that way. Now, if I, and, and I guess this is for Florida residents. So, so does this mean if I decide, well, I think it only applies to Florida rev- residents. I don't see how this could apply to other states. This is a state thing. But if I, um, let's say I was living in Florida, and I decide to write a blog 
about, and it might even be favorable, I don't know, about Ron DeSantis, maybe one that's favorable about him and unfavorable about this character, um, this uh, Senator Brodeur, uh, state senator in Florida. And, you know, my blog is sponsored, and I refuse to register. I get fined? Let me continue. Now, it goes on to say that if another blog post is added to a blog, the blogger would then be required to submit monthly reports on the 10th of each month with, a, with the appropriate state office. They would not have to submit a report on months when no content is published, only on those months when content is published. For a blog post that concern an elected member of the legislature or, in, or an officer of the executive branch, monthly reports must disclose the amount of compensation received for the coverage rounded to the nearest $10 value. Are you with me so far? Does this sound a little weird? It should. Uh, if compensation is paid for a series of posts or for a specific amount of time, the blogger would be required to disclose the total amount to be received upon publication of the first post in said series or time frame. Additional compensation will be disclosed later on. Now, failure to, to file these disclosures or register with the state officials if the bill passes, and I hope to God it doesn't would lead to daily fines for the bloggers with a maximum amount per report, not not per writer, of twenty five grand. The day fine is twenty five bucks per report each day. It's late. Bill also requires the, that bloggers file notices of failure to file a timely report the same way that the lobbyists file their disclosures and report on assessed fines. Fines must be paid within thirty days of payment notices. Unless an appeal is filed with the appropriate office, fine payments must be deposited into the legislative lobbyist registration trust fund, blah, 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 blah. For writing about members of the executive branch, fines would be made payable to the executive branch lobby registration trust fund. Now, explicitly, the, the blogger rule would not apply to newspapers under Brodeur's proposed legislation. Because he know he, well, he knows that's he knows the newspapers would fight back with great big giant lawyers who would say, uh, yeah, I will see you in court because that's unconstitutional. Well, this is too, frankly. In addition to the blogger regulations, in addition to the blogger regulations, the bill also removes provisions of state statutes to require judicial notices of sales to be published on publicly accessible websites. Uh, where, where does one begin with this? There is nothing. Now, I'm not familiar with the Florida State Constitution, and I haven't had a chance to take a good gander at it, but I think I will uh, later on. Just didn't have a chance. Um, oh, by the way, there will be no show Tuesday. I forgot to mention that at the top of the hour. Tomorrow there will be no show. And there will be no show next Monday and next Tuesday because the lovely Mrs. Ellis is having a medical procedure out of town. Um, there is in your constitution there is no registration or licensing this is what we're talking about really is a licensing a registration or a licensing of your first amendment right of freedom of speech 
or to publish something privately on your own. I'm not talking about like a, a business, but to pr- publish something privately on your own. I don't care if somebody's paying you for it or not. You have a right just to write something down and post it somewhere on a you know on a blog spot on a blog post. All right, and it and it can be critical of anybody or complimentary of somebody. Doesn't matter. There's no allowance of abridgment. This is an abridgment of speech. There's no allowance or requirement for regulate for to fill out some sort of registration to exercise your First Amendment rights to blog whatever you want to blog. And even if somebody's paying you for it, so what? You know, if it, it maybe a lot of blogs are sponsored, you know, by some restaurant or chain restaurant or McDonald's or whatever. It doesn't necessarily mean they agree with you, but I mean, just, you know, you can get sponsorship for blogs. It happens. You not much money, you get a couple bucks here and there, but, uh, you can get sponsored for it. This is alarming, but understand that this is coming from a Republican Florida state Senator again, Jason Brodeur. I think I'm pronouncing the name right. B R O D E U R. I hope, this may be an acid test on Ron DeSantis. I hope Ron DeSantis has enough enough constitutional uh, intelligence and understanding of not only his state constitution, but our federal constitution, or U.S. constitution, I should say more accurately, that he vetoes this stupid bill. And this is coming from a Republican gang. Some of you may be saying, well, it's a rhino. Well, rhino or not. He's got an R behind his name. And you wonder why I ripped the rear end of Republicans is about as hard as I do Democrats. Now, I have said in the past, here's the I told you so. I have said in the past to many friends and associates, now, some states don't require gun registrations. Many do. And I've gotten into this debate, you know, with licensing and registration for a gun. Well, a license to register a car. Yeah, well, a car, you don't have a constitutional right necessarily to own a car. To drive a car out on the on a road, on a state road, that's that's well, it's sort of fuzzy, but arguably, well, for argument's sake, we'll say that's a privilege, not a right. Like it's kind of fuzzy there to me, but you can make arguments either side. But for argument purposes, driving a car on, on in public because people say, "Well, you got to register a car." Yeah, that's that's a privilege, not a right. I have a right to own a gun. As long as I'm a law-abiding citizen, I have a right to own a gun. Now, some states require registration and communities require registration. Some don't. Now, I have no problem with requiring someone, if they're going to have a concealed carry permit, to, to go through the educational courses. I don't have a problem with that, per se. Um, but I, but what, 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 is, what do either one of those registrations do? Does register, has registering your vehicle stopped or reduced dramatically driving while drunk, driving while intoxicated, automobile accidents that uh, end up in a death, automobile accidents that end up in injury, theft, auto theft, carjackings? Has registering an automobile stopped? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any of that or, or drastically reduced any of that? No, because it's simply a, a money grab. It's a tax. Same thing with registering a gun. Do, does gun re- has gun registration stopped criminals from getting guns? No. Has it has it stopped uh, violent crime by guns? No. Look at what's look at what's been happening in almost every major city and even some small communities across this nation for the past several years. Has it stopped suicide by guns? No. Again, it's a grab. It's a money grab. And there's been a push for a federal uh, for some time for a federal gun registration. And I've told people, I've said, why do you have to have a license or a registration for a gun? It's a right to keep. But if you're a law-abiding citizen, it's a right to keep them arms. Are you going to go ahead and pay for a registration for your First Amendment? Oh, they'll never. Nobody's ever going to require us to have a registration or license for a First Amendment. That's, that's that's a false comparison. Oh, really? Well, let me submit to you this story from Tampa, Florida. Smart Alex. Here we are. You see, we're on a slippery slope down, down the hill. Well, we have to start giving the government permission for us to exercise constitutional God-given rights. Those are no longer rights, gang. Those are privileges granted by a monarchy. So apparently, Florida Senator Jason Broder thinks he's a prince. And he wants you to grovel at the feet of those in power to get permission to write a blog about one of them. Now, I would expect this in some socialist European country. I would expect this from unjust Trudeau in Canada, the direction he's moving in Canada, wannabe dictator. I would expect this from Kim Jong-un in, in North Korea, or one of the mullahs in Iraq, or even uh, Rutin Tutin Putin in, in Russia, or uh, the Chicom government. I would not expect this from the red state of Florida. Maybe it's red for a different reason. Maybe it's communist red. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. I was shocked. I thought this must be this must be a joke. This has to be a joke story. This has to be a joke story. I, I, I could not prove this was a joke story. It seems to be legit as far as I can tell. And this may be an acid test on Ron DeSantis. I hope and pray to God he vetoes this idiotic bill because it is a blatant violation of the First Amendment. Any way you slice and or dice it. I don't care if these people are being paid to blog or not. It doesn't matter. It's called freedom of speech. Freedom of the press. And you don't have to get a permission slip from the government and do some sort of registration from the government to post a stinking blog somewhere that you write at your own expense in your own time. And then even if you are being compensated a couple bucks, who cares? Even if somebody walks up and pays you a hundred grand, who cares? It's still your First Amendment right. There's no clause in the First Amendment. Says, well, if you're getting paid to exercise your freedom of speech or somebody's paying you to, to write something or the newspaper's paying you to write a column in the newspaper. Well, so? 
It's freedom of the press. Well, you better register that with a... You better... Uh, no. Uh, no. I'm not required by law to do that. In fact, I'm, uh, in fact it's, it says that, that freedom of speech will not be abridged. This is an abridgment of freedom of speech. This won't stand in court. And, and he knows this. This is why he's not going to go after the newspapers, but he thinks it can intimidate you know, some mom-or-pop blogger somewhere, some soccer mom that's blogging somewhere, get a couple bucks from sponsorship on her blog site. That's what this is. And in fact, he's cutting off his nose despite his face. Some of these bloggers are probably pro-DeSantis. This is how far we've, we've slipped, gang. This is where we're going. Let this, let this be a canary in the coal mine. i got to go to break. But let this kind of crap be a canary in the coal mine as to where we're at. All right? Freedom of speech... Freedom of the press, you better register that with the government. Really? You, be, you better get a permission slip from Moe or you're going to get a fine. In fact, you, you, still need to, you, you still need to register cough it up. No. Sorry. Got a constitution that says this is a freaking God-given right, not a government-given right. Remember, your constitutional rights are God-given, not government-given. That's not my opinion. That's what the founders said. That's what the people who started this whole thing off said. How dare this idiot, this, this, this unconstitutional ignoramus, Jason Brodeur from Lake Mary. I hope Lake Mary votes his high end out of office next time. They'd be better off with an orangutan in there than this idiot. I don't know if anybody is listening to this show that's in Florida, but you need to start writing some letters and making some phone calls and let them know with no uncertain terms how you feel. I don't even live there, and I was tempted to call this moron's office. Back with more. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits and blazers, and suits starting at $39.99, shoes starting at $19.99, with brands such as Stacy Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs on any occasion. Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. And now, a man who likes to go swimming wearing his black socks and a Speedo, Richie L. 
You're listening to Christian Talk That Rocks. Uh, no show tomorrow, by the way. So uh, the now that I've picked on the red state and an idiotic Republican, let's switch gears and pick on a blue state and idiotic Democrats. <laughs> Listen, gang, we've given the keys to our republic to two private clubs that are driving that are, they're driving uh, the car right off the cliff. Okay, and you need to understand this. This is why I'm no respecter of persons. Uh, politically speaking, I, I just am not. Been there, done it, seen too darn much. And you've got to quit looking at political parties and politicians as saviors. This isn't their country. It's yours. This isn't their state. It's yours. To- the top of your constitution says we the people. doesn't say we the government, we the politicians, we the elected officials. It says we the people of the United States. Remember, it was the states that established the federal government, not the other way around. All right, this being reported by Michelle Blood, theblaze.com, Washington State AG pushes state-level Ministry of Truth. Critics say it could jail conservatives who express mainstream views. State Attorney General is advocating for a bill some critics argue could punish outspoken conservatives as domestic extremists. Again, that would be unconstitutional. It would be a violation of the First Amendment. Let me pause right here. This is being reported, by the way, by KTTH is also Jason Rance. He uh, reported this last Wednesday. Just got picked up recently. I didn't get a chance to, to hear to check it out myself until just recently. Let me interject right there. That this is... Another violation of the First Amendment. And the reason why, and I've been warning about this for a long time. Please go back and listen to archives. If they can smash down the First Amendment, if they can force you to cede your First Amendment rights, if they can force you to register your First Amendment rights, if they can crunch the First Amendment down, the rest of it falls apart. By the way, there's a reason the Second Amendment comes after the First. Because our founding fathers were afraid you might one day need to use the Second to enforce the First. Do you understand that? That's not an accident, gang. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go out and start shooting the place up. Hear, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's time to grab the guns and muster the troops on the, on the uh, town green. Uh-uh. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. We're not there. This is a time for solution, not revolution. Do you understand? The solution is, first of all, peaceful, peaceful, peaceful noncompliance. And when you are drug into court, it'll be a whole lot of us. And the courts will be overwhelmed with, with almost crushing the legal system from these idiots. You fight back in court. And don't just simply fight back in court. These are two state stories that I'm sharing with you. This isn't federal. This isn't the federal government saying this. These are states. Do you understand? This is local. Local politics, gang, is where the real danger and the real action is at. That doesn't mean you ignore what's up top. Yeah, you got to be vigilant and, and be aware there. But the real tyranny 
I mean, is really coming in on the city and state levels. I mean, real ter- if the pan if the pandemic and, and how people acted on local and state levels didn't teach you that, I don't know. I can't help you. I don't know what else will. I really. This is why who you vote for as a governor, who you vote for as state representatives. And then whoever appoints the AG that's a governor or whatever, or if you get to vote for your AG, this stuff is important, gang. That's why you have to start, and you've got to really put a lot of your concentration locally, okay? Because this is the kind of nonsense that starts happening. This is the kind of garbage you start getting. I think a lot of people are starting to wake up. I hope so. I've been saying this for some time. But it, you've got to look local. Because that's where you find some of your most egregious violations of the Constitution. And and you'll even have, I have watched city council meetings. I have watched people testifying before state legislators. And they'll say, well, that's for the federal government. You know, the Bill of Rights, that's that's keep the federal government out of doing certain things. But we're the state, we can do what we want. No, it applies to you too, moron. It's called a supremacy clause. You can't do it either. Not just the gov- not just the federal government. No government. City, state, county, whatever can't do it either. It didn't the, 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 the Bill of Rights isn't just to keep the, the, the federal government off your back, but the state can do whatever it wants. No. Wrong. But I've actually heard that kind of garbage said in city county. Well, she can do what it wants. That, 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 doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't apply here. Oh, uh, the, the the city is a constitutional free zone. And where is that in the Constitution? The cities get to make themselves constitutional free zones. No, you're still subject to the state constitution and the federal constitution. You're subject to both. But there are actually arrogant or ignorant, take your pick, city government officials that I've, I've watched on city council meetings say that kind of crap. And they really believe it. They really think it. That's the kind of the shocking part. Which tells me they're either that stinking ignorant or they don't care and hope that you're that ignorant and they can get one over on you. Sometimes I think it's probably the latter than the former, but sometimes I think it is the former. You'd be surprised how idiotic some city council people can be. We had one here where I'm sitting in our little uh, quaint city who was telling people to turn off their refrigerators for eight hours each night to save electricity. (laughs) Uh, She's no longer a city council person, by the way. Okay, so let me get back to it. Uh, some conservative views or anything uh, Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson deems as misinformation because he thinks he is the arbiter of what is truth and what is not. He is the all-keeping, all-omnipotent, all-knowing high potentate of what is truth and what isn't. Now, how scary is that? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Attorney General Bob Ferguson. Whatever he deems misinformation are examples of domestic terrorism extremism. It's his definition, what he thinks it is. Uh, it's the most dangerous bill in legislative history. The Seattle radio host added, well, it's one of them. Uh, you might want to check out the one down going on in Florida, too, there, <laughs> Jason. But uh, Washington is creating a state version of the ill-fated Ministry of Truth, according to Rance and others who have analyzed the bill. The controversial bill proposes the establishment of a commission on domestic violence extremism. Representative Bill Rommel, a Democrat, sponsored the bill, which would create a 13-member commission. So there will be 13 oligarchs that will decide... Uh, what is mis or disinformation? Thirteen high potentates. I mean, if, if this isn't like a miniature version of what's going on in Iran with the mullahs, I don't know what is, because that's what they do in Iran. It's called House Bill thirteen thirty three. Describes the duties of proposed of proposed commission as involving efforts to combat disinformation and misinformation and collecting data on incidents of domestic violent extremism. Senator Square explains. Yeah. So they are the they are the arbiters. It's their opinion, in other words, of what they think is violent extremism or mis or disinformation. You could be telling the truth on some as we have come to find out, a lot of stuff that mainstream media and certain politicians said were, Oh, that's misinformation, disinformation, that's that's false and then we find out oh there, there was a Hunter Biden laptop and it's legitimate. And the FBI in fact uh, got a subpoena from a uh, federal judge to go grab the original hard drive and the laptop, and it's in the FBI possession, and it is real. It's not, it's not Russian disinformation. Oh, okay, we're wrong on that. Oh, okay, when you take the COVID uh, vaccine, it doesn't 100% keep you from getting COVID, and it doesn't 100% prevent you from spreading COVID. Okay. But if you said that early on, oh, that's missing disinformation. Even Dr. Burks who was one of the consulting people with Fauci, consulting uh, the orange man when he was president, even she finally admitted later, she admitted finally last year, how many years later, that, oh, yeah, the uh, the vaccine's not going to do that. It's not going to 100% protect you. I knew that from the beginning. Why don't you say something? She just laughed about it. <laughs> I played the clip. She thought it was funny. Uh-huh. But, see, that was missing disinformation back in the day. And then it turned out to be wrong. Oh, the Russians colluded to help Donald Trump win the election. Uh, wrong. See, a lot of the, the a lot of these narratives we find out are wrong. They are the mis the narratives are the mis and disinformation. The FBI is lying. The CIA is lying, or the mainstream media is lying, or some politicians lying. They're the mis and disinformers. Where's their time in jail? Oh, that's right. They're protected. They're a protected class. They can lie all day long and get away with it. That's all good and good and good and fine. I mean, and, and okay, fine. It's called freedom of speech. They're not being punished for it. Why should somebody else be punished for it? That doesn't have a, a you know, that doesn't have a D behind their name. Or is it registered as a Democrat? That might be in some other party. 
You see. So this is this is where we're at, gang. This is where we've come. And there are states that are devolving, states that are devolving into socialist dictatorships. They're not much different from what's going on in Russia or China or Venezuela or Cuba or Canada under unjust Trudeau. What's the difference? Take a pause. I've got some news about the DHS. A little trick they're pulling. Also, the IRS, an old, old story that is still being repeated. They've got such old junk, old computers, that the new hires don't know how to operate the stuff. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the five loves of a Jesus freak. Write them down. Hide them in your heart. Here they are. Love God. Love his word. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Love truth. Sound easy? Not likely. If all that does come too easy for you, you're probably not working hard enough. On the other hand, these five loves should become second nature to any authentic Jesus freak. If you let God's grace soften your heart. One more time, love God, love his word, love your enemies, love your neighbor, love truth. Amen. Jesus Freaks Radio is brought to you by DC Talk, the voice of the martyrs, and this station. Welcome to Truth Today. Today's reading, The Power of Love. How do we, the gift that is given to us, love? Here is the number one definition of love to Yahweh, God. If you love me, he says, keep my commandments. That's in John 14, 15. And in 1 John 1, 3, 4. And in 1 John 4, 8. And in 1 John 5, 1, 2, and 3. Many times, he says the same thing. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And number two, a personal command from Yeshua. Yeshua, our Savior, known as Jesus. He says, a new command I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have performed or love for one another. That's in John 13, 34, 35, and 14, 21. This is not just another sentiment of feeling good. This is fervent affection for each other. We must empower and use the gift of love given us. And we must learn to embrace each other with a kiss. That's in Acts 20, verse 37, 1 Corinthians 16, 20, and 2 Corinthians 1, 7, and 2 Corinthians 13, 11, and 12. Many times, the performance of love that God has given us through Yeshua, and we must give to one another. That is Truth Today. All right. Another local uh, story, local development. New development for a man arrested for warning drivers of cops ahead. Cops ahead. They had a speed trap of sorts. Uh, not a speed trap, but a, uh, uh, a trap for people on cell phones. They set up a trap, so to speak. This being reported by Bob Underworld in Daily. Um, 
A man who displayed a cop's ahead sign to warn drivers of a police uh, trap of sorts on a suburban street was arrested, and he now has been given permission to sue the officers. Now, according to description of the case by Courthouse News, a decision from the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals lets Michael Friend pursue the city of Stamford, Connecticut, for First Amendment violations and malicious prosecution. Uh, quote, friend was violating no law by standing on the sidewalk and displaying his sign. And police sergeant Richard Gasparino had no lawful reason to order him to desist from that conduct. The appeals court ruled or de- decided they don't rule. They're not rulers. The appeals court said the sign was protected speech because it expressed an opinion on a matter of public significance. And a citizen does not need to show that a police practice is unlawful or that it deviates from some notion of propriety in order to object to it, unquote. A trial court judge had sided previously with Gasparino and the arresting officer. Michael Friend displayed uh, a cop's ahead sign that got him arrested in Stanford, Connecticut, trying to warn drivers of a, a nearby police uh, setup to catch people using their cell phones. Uh, Michael uh, Friend, uh, uh, his, his uh, protest happened on April 12, 2018, as he stood on a sidewalk with his handmade poster two blocks from, from the police uh, setup, or the trap, if you want to call it that, to catch drivers using their cell phones. After Sergeant Gasparino told him to leave the scene and took the sign from him, Friend moved one block further down, further away from the operation, to a gas station, where a supportive worker provided a bigger piece of cardboard to fashion another poster. Uh, gas, and, and so he was on technically private property or business property. Gasparino then arrested Friend for police interference. He was held behind bars until 2 a.m. when he was released on his own recognizance. Gasparino had originally demanded a $25,000 bail, but apparently that went out the window. Charge against Friend was actually dropped shortly later, after the prosecutor admitted Friend actually had helped the police to do a better job than they anticipated because when drivers saw the signs, they got off their cell phones, which was the whole point to begin with, right? To get people off their cell phones. So even the prosecutor said, yeah, not not much here. Uh, it's a little strange to me is why this I had to wind up to the Second, uh, court of, uh, the, uh, second Circuit's Court of Appeals. But anyway, they're not saying he can sue, uh, he can sue the cop and the city because again it was a violation of his first amendment rights okay violation of first amendment rights he had the right to do it now he couldn't stand right there in front of the cops and then you know start throwing eggs at them while they're trying to do their thing that's different but he was a ways away pretty long ways away just kind of warning with a little sign standing on a sidewalk it was a cardboard sign, handmade little <laughs> crummy cardboard sign. I don't know if some people probably couldn't even read the thing. They were passing by if they were going by too fast. Uh, so, again, this is the kind of stuff happening on a local, local level. All right, that's in Stanford, Connecticut. Let's Let's swing over. Let me find it here. Let's swing over to San Francisco. San Francisco. All right. Beautiful city in some ways. Still is. Not as beautiful as it used to be, I don't think. 
I was there a number of years ago. I really fell in love with the place. Uh, back then, it was gorgeous. I don't know what it's the pictures I've seen now. It looks good. It's happening to a lot of big cities. are being trashed uh, for a variety of reasons. But in, uh, in great food, for heaven's sakes, uh, incredible restaurants there, quite affordable too. Uh, amazing restaurants, if you're a foodie. Uh, a pro-life group. They were actually handing out flyers, doing some little skits on public property. This is San Francisco. Being reported by Patina, uh, Bettina Di Fiore, Live Action News. Pro-lifers arrested while handing out literature at a hospital just because someone doesn't want a message to be heard. On Friday, February 24th, the pro-life activists uh, and and, uh, and actually some of them, one of them was an animal rights activ- uh, activist, actually, who got arrested, um, like a PETA person or something, anyway. But with uh, pro-life San Francisco and survivors of the abortion holocaust, as they called it, were arrested following a gathering at an outdoor plaza on the campus of Zuckerberg San Francisco General, a hospital which commits abortions and trains abortionists in affiliation with the University of California, San Francisco, or UCSF. Now, according to the press release from Pro-Life San Francisco, the purpose of the peaceful gathering, which took place, by the way, on public property, taxpayer paid for property, public property, this wasn't private property, public property, was to hand out literature, display signs, make little speeches, engage in some street theater to increase public awareness of unethical activity and the likelihood of crimes taking place on the sixth floor of the hospital. Sixth floor is where the abortions are committed and where fetal tissues are harvested for experimentation purposes. The gathering was quickly interrupted by uniformed sheriff's deputies who declared the gathering an unlawful assembly. Within half an hour of their arrival, two of the activists, Tim Clement, Outreach Director of Survivors of the Abortion Holocaust, and Anastasia Rogers, a San Francisco resident and animal rights activist, actually, were arrested under California Penal Code, subsection 602.1b, which states that uh, any person who intentionally interferes with any lawful business carried on by the employees of a public agency open to the public by obstructing or intimidating those attempting to carry on business, which they weren't doing, apparently, or those persons there to transact business with a public agency and who refuse to leave the premises of the public agency after being requested to leave by the office manager or supervisor of the public agency or by a peace officer acting at the request of the office manager or a supervisor of the public agency is guilty of the misdemeanor. According to spokespersons for Pro-Life San Francisco, the activities were not intentionally interfering with, obstructing, or intimidating anyone attempting to conduct business with the hospital. Uh, we were arrested because our pro-life message, UCSF... And- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The administration Zuckerberg don't like being exposed for their Frankensteinish plots targeting unborn babies before abortions take place and having their organs afterward harvested and used in unethical research. 
We were in a public area, not blocking customers from entering, walking past, or leaving, and we did not enter or obstruct the facility. We did nothing to break the law. Sharing information with the public is not a crime. It is a sad commentary on our society that the government puts law-abiding citizens in cuffs just because someone doesn't want a message to be heard. Um, Rogers also stated that, that UCSF continues to exploit human mothers, their pre-born children, and non-human animals in order to perform uh, seamlessly cruel experiments. UCSF continues to send police after nonviolent activists who have tried everything to get this to end. The arrests of myself and Tim were just two more of a long list of arrests used as an attempt to silence human beings and activism free speech on the UCF campus. We will not be silenced by the unlawful arrests. Now, Clement Rogers, shortly after, were later released without being cited or charged because they knew they were violating the First Amendment. The prosecutor knew this wasn't going to stand a chance Stood about a snowball's chance and you know where of lasting in a courtroom before a judge said, are you kidding me? And throwing the whole thing out and probably pulling the prosecutor aside and saying, the next time you bring a frivolous uh, case like this before my court, I'm going to charge you with contempt. Also, this uh, story was originally published by Live Action News. That tells you all you need to know right there. <laughs> it was They're just like, yeah, no, there's... Uh, <laughs> This won't fly. This, again, has happened happened in a city with sheriff's deputies who ought to know darn better. They need to be educated. When they act like this, they're acting like press gangs and paper hangers. That's why it's important to educate sheriff's departments and deputies and everybody on constitutional fraud. Right. They should have said, no, we're not showing up because unless they're doing A, B, C, D, F, and G, they're not breaking the law. Or, you know, they go out and look around and see what's going on for themselves and then say, I'm nothing here to arrest or nobody to arrest. Sorry, bye. That's how they should have been handled. And don't and don't call us again, or we will actually maybe give you a citation for alleging a crime is happening when it's not, or misdemeanors happening when it's not, because filing false police reports is a crime, by the way. That's the way they should have been handled. But no, they decided to just knuckle and buckle under. And let me tell you, I'm, listen, I'm pro-law enforcement right down the middle. I'm pro-law enforcement right down the middle. Friends and family in law enforcement. But law enforcers also need to know what the law is and what the constitutional rights are. And when and when you're asked to go against that and well, you know, should be about I don't care who said it. You refuse. It's called peaceful, peaceful, peaceful non compliance. And there has got to be education done in our police departments on this stuff. Of course, this is in San Francisco, which I know what some of you are saying, yeah, it's San Francisco. I, I get it, but it doesn't matter where it's at. But, gang, this is the kind of nonsense that is happening in our nation, under our noses, in our cities, in our little towns, in our big towns, and in our states. Do you understand? They're all starting to become like like Iran or North Korea or Russia. Oh, we're fighting the Russians because they're just bad... Putin's bad. He's a dictator. They have bad stuff that they're doing. We got to stop them. But we don't care if the same kind of crap goes on in our country. The same politicians that want you to send billions and billions to Ukraine who could care less about our southern borders or maybe even our northern border and care less about the kind of uh, Reichstag stuff that's going on in our cities and our states. They want you to stop the the dictators that are coming into Ukraine. What about the dictators that are right here in our own cities and states? Take a pause. The hypocrisy on this stuff is so rich you can cut it with a butter knife. But I wouldn't put it on your toast because it'll make you choke.
home screen cracked? Oh, no. No problemo. Martinsville's premier store for all wireless repairs. Yes, it's Bono's Wireless, certified technician for service on iPhone, Android, iPad, and tablets. Yes, all phones, specializing in screen repairs. Bo has prepaid phones starting at $60 and unlimited prepaid services starting at just $30. They have carrier services on five different prepaid services from Verizon, Page Plus, Total Wireless, Net 10 and others. If you want your phone right, it's got to be done at Bow Nose Wireless. For repairs, buy, sell, and trade, it's Bow Nose Wireless. Stop in at 1620 Virginia Avenue across from Sports Lane in Martinsville. Call them at 638 6380. That's 638 6380. Bow Nose Wireless. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Now, your friendly Department of Homeland Insecurity, they're maintaining a secret domestic intelligence program. Yeah, did you know that? Well, you're about to find out. Being reported by Wendell Hughes, Breitbart.com. The Department of Homeland Insecurity, a.k.a. the DHS, recently maintains, it's come to secretly, rather, it's come to light, secretly maintains a domestic intelligence program that allows agency officials to interview willing Americans without their lawyers present, raising civil liberties concerns, according to a report. Imagine that, a government agency ignoring... Um, constitutional uh, right. Imagine that. Who's <laughs> ever heard of such a thing? The secret program is called the Overt Human Intelligence Collection Program and enables the federal government to interview Americans in prison and jail along with Ill- illegal immigrants at immigrant detention centers, uh, according to a trove of internal DHS documents reported by Politico. Now, I take uh, anything that comes from Politico with big packages of salt because they've uh, i've already ripped them pretty good um they've gotten so much stuff wrong and sit there and push it out as the, the gospel truth i don't know how many times under the domestic intelligence program officials are allowed to seek interviews with just about anyone in the united states that includes people held in an immigrant detention center local jails federal prisons dhs's intelligence professionals have to say that they are conducting intelligence interviews and they have to tell the people they seek to interview that their participation is voluntary. But the fact that they were allowed to go directly to uh, incarcerated people circumventing their lawyers raises important civil liberties concerns that according to legal experts. The specific element of the program, which has been in place for years, was paused last year because of internal concerns, I imagine. DHS's Office of Intelligence and Analysis, which runs a program, uses it to gather information about threats to the U.S., including transnational drug trafficking and organized crime. But the fact that this low-profile office is collecting intelligence by questioning people in the U.S. is virtually unknown. Well, until now. The inner workings of the program, called the Overt Human Intelligence Collection Program, are described in a large tranche of internal documents that uh, political reviewed from the Office of Intelligence and Analysis. Those documents and additional interviews revealed widespread internal concerns about legally questionable tactics and political pressure. 
The documents also show that people working there fear punishment if they speak out about mismanagement and abuses. According to the report, an unnamed employee in the trove of documents allegedly said that the overt human intelligence collection program's office is shady and runs like a corrupt government. Imagine that. And a second document reportedly showed employees also claimed that the program raised so many red flags that they wanted the program to pay for legal liability insurance. Because <laughs> they knew they were probably going to get sued and and lose. Uh, there's, your, there's your sign. Uh, Kerry Bechner, a former DHS undersecretary for intelligence, told Politico, if the secret intelligence program exists to question Americans, it is immoral. I don't know any counsel in their right mind that would sign off on that, and any member of Congress that would say that's okay, Bechner said. If these people are out there interviewing folks that still have constitutional privileges, well, that would be rights, without their lawyer present, that's immoral. What do they do with that information they collect? And is it legal? Uh, Bachelor uh, questioned. Where do they store that information? Well, good questions. All real good questions. <laughs> Apparently we don't know just yet. Why is the DHS doing this kind of nonsense? Now, see, the DHS was so was put together, bipartisan, George du- George W. Bush sign- signing off on it. <laughs> he, he, did a, he did a signer offer on the Department of Homeland Securitations. And I'm going to sign off with this Department of Homeland Securitations organization can securitate the country. He signed off on all that. Created a whole new agency to keep us safe from the terrorists. Yeah. How's that working out? Now they're uh, not just going after terrorists, they're going after you because you are the terrorist. Especially if you're wearing a certain color of hat with something written on it. You're the you're the terrorist. You're the domestic extremist. You're the person we gotta watch. Got around you. We've got more Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. Move to the second hour. Stay close. Welcome to the Family Comedy Minute, featuring comedy that is safe for the entire family. Now here's a laugh from Tim Hawkins. I love the GPS, and when you make a wrong turn, do something bad, it's like, recomputing. Not, you moron. No. I want life GPS, that's what I want. You know, just tell me what to do in my life. Your fly is down. But what we need is marriage GPS, guys. Marriage GPS, wouldn't that be awesome? Just tell us what to do. Guys don't know. Say something about her hair. Hey, what's up with your hair? Recomputing. I'm Tim DeTellis, president of New Missions. Find out how you can help a child's dream come true. Visit familycomedyradio.com. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. 
and suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacy Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. No one is too old to put their trust in Jesus Christ. When I was growing up, I was praying for my grandparents for so many years. And then finally, when my grandpa was in his late 70s, he decided to follow Jesus. Now his health was declining and he started to have strokes. And just before he died, I was able to share the gospel of Jesus with my grandma. And at two in the morning, she made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. She shouted down the hallway, Jesse, you can sleep well tonight. I believe what you believe. And I ran to the hospital the next day and told my grandpa and his tears came down from his eyes. He just knew not only would he be in heaven, but my grandma would too. Keep praying for people. Keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You never know at what age they're going to decide to put their trust in him. For more information, go to activatelife.org. This is Groundwire with Sean Dunn. I remember hearing a story about a minister in the early 1900s. She was having a tent meeting when several rugged men began threatening that if she didn't stop sharing Christ, they were going to burn the tent down with all of the people inside. At the next meeting, as the crowd gathered, the men showed up to make good on the promise. Nervously, the minister began to pray. Within minutes, she knew what she should do. From behind the podium, she proclaimed that they were going to begin to pray and sing songs glorifying God. Instead of focusing on the intimidating voices, they were going to concentrate on the God who is all-powerful. With zeal, the people in the tent joined her in proclaiming the goodness, kindness, and rightness of God, and within moments, the people left and the threat was gone. Every one of us faces situations in life where we are confronted with confusing voices and dangerous circumstances. People that stare into the challenges rarely win, but those that set their affections on the unchanging one will not lose. Remember the next time you experience opposition or are facing a major trial. God is bigger than your problem. When you look to Him instead of your circumstances, your problems will fade. For more, log on to groundwire.net. Groundwire.net. Phone screen cracked? Oh, no. No problemo. Martinsville's premier store for all wireless repairs. Yes, it's Bono's Wireless, certified technician for service on iPhone, Android, iPad, and tablets. Yes, all phones, specializing in screen repairs. Bo has prepaid phones starting at $60 and unlimited prepaid services starting at just $30. They have carrier services on five different prepaid services from Verizon, Page Plus, Total Wireless, Net 10 and others. If you want your phone right, it's got to be done at Bow Nose Wireless. For repairs, buy, sell, and trade, it's Bow Nose Wireless. Stop in at 1620 Virginia Avenue across from Sports Lane in Martinsville. Call them at 638 6380. That's 638 6380. 
Bow Nose Wireless. Nose Wireless. Nose Wireless. Nose Wireless. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. And you're listening to the second hour of Christian Talk That Rocks. Going to be hanging out with you uh, well, for a little while here. A couple of websites for you, ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Live on your email address is TalkToRichiel at gmail.com, T-A-O-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format and locale. And by the way, banner links and hyperlinks are available on both websites. We've got Anchor FM, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Pod Chaser, Deezer, Stitcher, Radio.net, just to name a few. Flagship station WMVA, The Gold Rush, which we broadcast Friday's show, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. That's East Coast time. Also streamed live, 206 p.m. to 4 p.m. normally, most days, not tomorrow. Uh, by Thunderous Radio. You can actually just click on the hyperlinks at the two websites for Thunderous Radio. Uh, you'll see it right there, and you'll see the hyperlink to actually Xeno.fm. So you can go there if you like. Or uh, you can actually go to Streamiter.com, Streamiter.com, Radio.net, Radio.net, or my uh, MyTuner.com, MyTuner.com, and search Thunderous Radio there. Also, Net News Network, which uh, makes available certain select episodes of Christian Talk That Rocks, available there at NetNewsNetwork.net. Um, hopefully today's show will get up there a little bit later. We'll see. And netnewsnetwork.net, by the way, is a news organization. They are a um, internet news organization. And uh, they've uh, graciously allowed us to be a part of that and uh, take certain episodes and uh, promote them. So we're really super excited about that. Uh, also, uh, let's see. Yeah, there's not going to be a show tomorrow. No show tomorrow, all right? And no show next Monday or Tuesday because yours truly will be out of town those days. So uh, no show. I don't have anybody to, to do it for me <clears throat> um, in my absence at the moment. They can pull it off. So uh, because although Mrs. L will be uh, in the hospital for a couple of days out of town, uh, there will be no show Monday or Tuesday, okay? Please pray for her. She's having a very serious... Uh, procedure done and uh, so we're hoping everything praying everything's going to go just smashingly and swimmingly um and believing in that but please pray all right there's i i i gotta be honest i was a little hesitant on sharing this next story and clip this next story and clip um in fact, I'll tell you what. I'm going to save that for a little later, now that I've teased you. Let's go with this one first, because you'll find this one kind of aggravating and humorous all at the same time. IRS is stymied by old equipment. Workers who don't know how to run it. Some systems date back 64 years. 64 years. <laughs> Many of you hearing my voice aren't even that old. Many of you hearing my voice, your parents aren't even that old. 64 years. Yeah. Good bit older than I am. 
64 years. That's being reported by Adam Andruszewski, Real Clear Wire. The IRS is using such ancient equipment and systems that they're having difficulties finding employees that actually know how to use the systems. Yeah, because they've all retired or they're dead. According to a recent Government Accountability Office report, I'm, I'm going to share something on the tail of this, by the way, that's it's also sad and humorous at the same time. Government technology often lags behind the private sector. In the case of the IRS, technology is archaic. The GAO report found about 33% of applicants, 23% of software, and 8% of hardware that the IRS uses daily is considered legacy. Some of these legacy systems are 25 to 64 years old, with other software systems 15 versions behind the currently available version. <laughs> They're still using like... Uh, you know, what is it, Windows 3.0 or something? They still got Windows 95. Actually, Windows 95 was a cool system. But they've still got uh, Windows 95 on their uh, computers, you know. So, yeah, if you get somebody coming in that's 20, 25 years old, 21, 25, even maybe 30 years old, and they're going, uh, I've never used Windows 95. I never used the pre-Windows 95 versions of Microsoft. Uh, hold on. Let me call my grandpa. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this means some of the systems the, of the IRS uses today were implemented during the Eisenhower administration 64 years ago. Let's see. This is 2023, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back around the time Buddy Holly got killed. Yeah, back before the the, the Civil Rights Act. <clears throat> back in the days when Elvis was still uh, driving the girls crazy and everything else. I mean, it, that long ago, before we <laughs> put anybody in outer space. Now, um... According to the report, in order to operate and maintain legacy systems, staff may need experience with older technology. Agencies have had difficulty finding employees with such knowledge. They may have to pay a premium to hire specialized staff for contractors. Yeah, because a computer from, let's say, 1969 is probably no longer on the tech support team's list of computers to uh, you know, offer tech support to. Or even Windows 95. I <laughs> mean... If you call somebody from with Microsoft right now and say, hey, I'm having a problem with my Windows 95 computer, they're going to go, uh, upgrade? Thanks, click. Yeah, but I'm with the IRS. So, so sorry, dude, but I don't, I, I, I've never even touched a computer with Windows 95. Okay, sorry, dude, click. That's what you're going to get. <laughs> These are the people responsible for processing your taxes and getting you a return. Maybe. If you're lucky, getting you your, uh, getting you your uh, refund check. If you're lucky, maybe. Uh, in addition to staffing issues, other risks that these outdated systems pose include security risks. You think unmet mission needs? You think and increased maintenance costs. Well, we had to special order this part from North Korea because that's the only place where this on the planet where they still got these computers. And you know how much the North Koreans are charging us for this one little part right here? Now, Congress appropriated, <clears throat> pardon me, the IRS $12.6 billion 
2022 with an additional $80 billion over the next 10 years from the Inflation Reduction Act to improve all these systems. Yet somehow, the agency can't find the money to update its systems with software from the 21st century. Americans attempting to file their taxes with little support from the IRS can remember that at least part of the problem is decades-old equipment. There you have that. Now, this is not anything new. This has been an ongoing problem for more than 40-some-odd years. Let me prove it to you. This is from the Americans for Tax Reform. This has been put together by the Americans for Tax Reform. Pardon me, got a little bit of a sore throat thing happening. 40 years, 40 plus years of failure, the IRS is unable to fix computer system. They can't fix their computer system. For more than 41 years, the IRS has tried and failed to update its main computer systems, regardless of funding levels, regardless of who controls the White House and Congress. The bureaucracy is simply unable to pull it off. Now, this again from the Americans for Tax Reform. This is not part of the article I read you. The IRS and progressive Democrats continue to plead poverty and pretend the failure is due to insufficient funding rather than incompetence. Now, let me give you a compilation of key news articles documenting the IRS failure starting back in 1982, gang. 1982. April 4, 1982, Lament of the Reagan IRS by David Shribman, the New York Times. April 22, 1985, Taxes Moving in Slow-Mo at the IRS, being reported by Time Magazine. April 29, 1985, IRS Problems Worse Than Previously Thought by Ann Swarton of the Washington Post. May 25, 1985, 1.5 million tax returns delayed in processing by David E. Sanger, the New York Times. January 28, 1986. IRS ends computer contract. Maybe they shouldn't have. Uh, being reported by David E. Sanger. The New York Times. February 10, 1986. Taxes. Downtime at the IRS. Reported by Time Magazine. April 8, 1990. The IRS's bumbling efforts to update its computers. By David Burnham. The New York Times. January 31st, 1997. IRS admits its $4 billion modernizing is a failure. Official says computers don't work. Agency wants to contract out tax returns. Being reported by the Baltimore Sun. September 23rd, 1997. No call to bash the IRS by Mortimer M. uh, Kaplan, The Washington Post. November 4th, 1997, Man in the News, Charles Osola Rosati, Hope for IRS in 2000, by David Stout, The New York Times. April 12th, 1998, Moving a Mountain of Paper Taxes the IRS, by Albert B. Crenshaw, The Washington Post. March 2nd, 1999, Sloppy Books Cost IRS Millions, by Deborah Oren, the New York Post. There are sloppy books, not accountants out there that are filing tax returns, by the way. 
March 1st, 2000. IRS's computer woes costing billions. GAO says Watchdog Agency urges more changes. By Albert B. Crenshaw, The Washington Post. October 16, 2000. The fix isn't in. IRS is still struggling to modernize its ancient software. By Jim McTeague, Barron's Magazine. <clears throat> August 23, 2001. Technology. PeopleSoft gets contract with IRS for software. By Chris Gaither, The New York Times. December 11, 2003. At IRS, a systems update gone awry. By David K. Johnson, Johnston, uh, The New York Times. February 13, 2004. IRS Commissioner bars CSC from upcoming projects. By Juan Carlos Perez, IDG News Service. April 1, 2004. No easy IT fix for the IRS. By Alana Varen, uh, CIO.com. May 5, 2008. IRS trudges on with aging computers by Ann Broach, CNET. September 4, 2008, IRS finds unauthorized web servers connected to its networks by Jill Atoro, NextGov. November 20, 2009, IT Turkeys, seven government projects worthy of roast, including the IRS, by Kevin McCarney. Federal Computer Week, IR, Computer Week IRS Modernization. Which apparently still hasn't happened. November 25th, 2013. Why your tax returns aren't safe with the IRS. By Brianna Ailey, The Fiscal Times. November 25th, uh, 2013. The IRS's unusual IT success story is failing. By Brianna Ailey, The Fiscal Times. April 11th, 2014. Update. IRS misses XP deadline. We'll spend 30 million bucks to upgrade remaining PCs by Greg Kaiser, Computer World. September 8, 2014. IRS finds more key hard drive crashes. Claims no evidence of tampering by Josh Hicks, Washington Post. June 2, 2015. Investigator says IRS failed to upgrade security ahead of cyber attack by Stephen Olmacher, Lubbock Avalanche Journal. February 12, 2016, IRS outage caused by back-to-back -back computer failures, not cyber attacks, by Kevin McCoy, USA Today. April 19, 2018, IRS's 60-year-old IT system failed on tax day due to new hardware by Aaron Boyd and Frank R. Conkle, nextgov.com. February 9, 2021, IRS computer glitch causes tens of thousands to mistakenly be told they won't receive stimulus checks by Brian New, CBS News. October 21st, 2021. A 60-year-old IRS IT system won't finish modernizing until 2030 by Natalie Alms, FCW. And then, of course, you can throw in there today's story <laughs> that I shared with you. March 6th, WorldNet Daily News Services and Real Clear Wire being reported by Adam Andrzejewski, IRS stymied by old equipment, workers who don't know how to run it. <laughs> I mean, really? 
and look at the billions and billions of your taxpayer dollars going to upgrade their system, and apparently their system isn't upgrading. They can't upgrade it, or they can't completely upgrade it, and they've got some kind of cobbled-up patchwork mess of God knows what. You know, those old-timey computers with a little reel-to-reel still running. I mean, heavens to Murgatroyd. They've probably got to, I mean, they've probably got to, like, go into old warehouses in places like, I don't know, Moscow or somewhere to find old computer parts to keep their garbage running. Probably got to make deals with Kim Jong-un. I mean, it's this is sad. This is past sad. This is beyond incompetence. I mean, this is beyond incompetence. Oh, and by the way, they're going to give them, uh, what was it, 87,000 new employees? No, they don't need 87,000 new employees. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they need 87,000 IT employees. Maybe they need um, people who know how to use the money that's been giving them to upgrade their systems correctly. And at least bring it into, at least, at least upgrade to, I don't know what, XP? Or maybe upgrade. Yeah, maybe at least to XP. I mean, 7 would probably be better, but at least XP. This is insanity. Insanity. Yeah. Your tax dollars are work. We've got more Christian Talk to Rock straight ahead. Buckle up. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. This is Max McLean. God created all things by his word. How does the word have the power to create? Because his word is a person. Listen to the Bible from John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. From John 1, listen to the Bible. It's great for the soul. Hear more at RadioBible.org. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Now, back to the talk show that tastes a lot like chicken. Here's your host, Richie L. All right, so let me uh, just quickly share this next story and sound clip with you. Uh, This is Carrie Lake, and she was at a CPAC deal. Isn't she always? But if this is true, and I don't know if it's true or not, I'm really not sure what to believe here, but it may be true. It may be very, very true. 
And if it is, this is this is creepy. If what she's alleging happened to her is true. Uh, this is like really uh, creepy stuff. I mean, really creepy stuff. And, um, I mean, you can judge for yourself. I'm just going to share this. You, you come to your own conclusions. You come to your own conclusions. But she's actually claiming, and she shared this, and I'll play the clip in a minute. Uh, but she, she claimed that this actually happened. And the gist of it is, is that she was visited. Well, somebody called her and they said, look, I need to talk to you. They got her phone number. Say, look, I really need to talk to you. It's really important. But what I, what I want to talk to you about, I really can't be shared over the phone. Can I set up a time to come to your house or wherever and meet you and talk about this? And uh, she said, okay, that that she would do that. I don't know. She's braver than me. I'd say, uh, no, <laughs> hang up the phone. And then get the number and run like an internet check on it and see who in the heck this really was. But uh, but that's just me being paranoid, I guess. But she agreed to to apparently chat with this person. Okay, you with me so far? Um, and then apparently what they told her, pardon me, apparently what they told her or offered her is pretty doggone creepy. Pretty doggone creepy. So let me let you hear this clip. This is her uh, at a recent CPAC meeting talking about this thing, that this incident that happened. Okay? Um, and my computer just did something weird over here. And uh, you judge for yourself. I don't know. But this just this just seems really, really crazy, really super crazy. Uh, I'll play the clip, but you judge for yourself. I mean, if she's telling the truth, well, part of me's not surprised. If she is telling the truth, part of me's not surprised, honestly. But this is this tells you where politics have gone to, gotten to in this nation, into a really sort of dark underworld area. Uh, it's probably the best way to describe it. Here she is. They may think that they won, but I know they're feeling the heat. They're, they're actually, we've got them in the frying pan right now. This is true. And I know, I, I'm going to tell you why. Now, I, I can't believe this actually happened, and I wasn't sure if I was going to share it here at CPAC. I wonder if the fake news will even cover this. Something happened to me this week before I left for CPAC, and it shows how desperate these people are to stop me and to silence you. I decided to share this. It's a little bit controversial, but I'm going to put this out. Somebody showed up at my door this week. They called me before and said, I got to talk to you in person. This can't be done over the phone, which is always kind of like, uh-oh, what's that going to be about? They came to my door and they tried to bribe me out of getting out of politics. This really happened. I'm telling you this because this is how disgusting politics is. A mom who runs for office and they're afraid of me, they tried to bribe me with a job title, with a huge salary, a position on a board. This is how they do it. And I said, are you kidding me? I walked away from a big job and a big salary. I'm not motivated by that stuff, guys. I'm not. 
So this person standing before me was sent at the request of some powerful people back east. They want me out of politics. Well, wait a minute. I thought they already stopped us. Why are they so afraid? I thought they already stopped our movement. So, so. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just on God's time right now. And when I said no to this person, they didn't take no for an answer. They said, well, what will it take? What is your price? How do we keep you out? Name your price. This really happened this week. Name your price. All we're asking for you to do is to get out of politics for two years. Okay. CPAC, I got to ask you, do you think I should sit out for two years? Should we put our movement on ice for two years? I didn't think so. Or should we double down and stay in this? Double down. So I said, you let your handlers back east know that I can't name a price because there is no price that I would sell out my country for. Now, you may recall last week I also shared a story about a lady who was presenting. We're going to go break here in just a second, but was presenting some information to some legislators at a sort of a meeting or hearing about how there had been a bunch of false deeds, a bunch of false uh, real estate purchases, all kinds of crazy junk to launder money that was coming into the pockets of politicians, Arizona politicians uh, from the from cartels. And the same thing had happened. This is in Arizona now. And this lady with this organization said that they were part of finding out the same stuff going on in Indiana. Um, I think I think it was, I want to say Idaho, three other states. And these people were prosecuted back in 06. All right. And they said that the, that the sort of the paper trail, the money trail, led all the way back to Arizona. <laughs> and this stuff's been going on in Arizona for a long time. And this is a story mainstream media hasn't touched. So part of me is not surprised based on what that lady said. Part of me is not surprised that somebody came to Carrie Lake, if this is true, she's being legit, that that they came to her and said this based on what this other lady with this investigative organization was telling some Arizona legislators in a hearing. And they had like thousands of documents to prove the stuff and what their investigators had churned up with how bad the corruption was and the money laundering going on, false real estate uh, deeds and transactions and all kind of craziness, and that there was cartel money involved as well because they found the same thing in these other states. Uh, I, think it was, I think it was Indiana, Illinois, and I want to say Idaho, but don't quote me on that. Uh, and, th- and that had all gone down back in 06. And those people got prosecuted, convicted, and, and politicians jerked out of office and everything else. Craziness. And that the same thing was happening in Arizona. I don't know. And that their current uh, governor was up to her eyeballs in it. There has been some unusual news stories coming out about her recently, too. So I don't know. Uh, politics in Arizona is getting, getting pretty... Uh, Chicago Mayor Daly-ish, <laughs> isn't it?
Back with more. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pasta robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Schools, 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 schools. An Ivy League... Ivy League professor, and this didn't surprise me at all. This is being reported by Brian Chai, uh, Western Journal. An Ivy League English professor stunned after watching new students struggle with high school work. In a delicious twist of irony, the New York York Magazine penned an essay on plummeting enrollment in the humanities, only to have a tucked away little nugget of information explain away perhaps a big chunk of it. The article titled The End of the English Major was written by Nathan Heller and and explored why exactly enrollment in the humanities is in free fall at colleges around the country. Well, a degree in that's going to get you what? I mean, really, a degree in that will get you what these days? Hi, here's your order. Do you want ketchup with that? Not there's anything wrong with doing that as a gig. But uh, you're not going to be on the fast track to being a millionaire. Uh, the the uh, the place is as, the piece is as fanciful and wordy as one would expect from the New Yorker in 2023, but it does explore a space that should be of some interest to everyone, not just college loving uh, certain types of elites, because even conserves should want to take a peek under the hood of this issue, given how institutional colleges have been when it comes to the larger indoctrination of the country. Uh, Heller uh, paints a dreary picture for fans of the humanities, citing data that found massive losses in humanities majors across the country. From 2012 to 2020, the number of graduated humanities majors at Ohio State main campus fell by 46%, Heller wrote. Tufts lost nearly 50%. Vassar and Bates, uh, standard-bearing liberal arts colleges, saw their number of humanities majors fall nearly in half. And uh, and by uh, 2018, the University of Wisconsin at Stevens Point briefly considered eliminating 13 majors, including English history, and philosophy for want of pupils. Uh, Heller added that overall humanities enrollment in the United States had fallen by 17% in the last decade. Uh, In that same time span, the study of English and history at the college level also plummeted by a full third. 
Okay? In other words, you're reading, writing, and arithmetic stuff all in... It's all very bleak stuff if you're enamored with liberal arts. But it's not exactly the rosiest picture being painted for more pragmatic folks either. Because later on in that New Yorker piece, Heller recounts a conversation with Harvard's Dean of Undergraduate Education and an English professor, Amanda Claybaugh, that's a rather damning statement on the state of Americans and education. Quote, young people are very, very concerned about the ethics of representation, of cultural interaction, all these kinds of things. that actually we think about a lot, Claybaugh told Heller. Well, that's not exactly a huge surprise for anyone who's been paying attention to the state of the younger generation. Well, because it's what they're being spoon-fed in, in lower education and, and social media. Here's a sad part, though. Last time I taught the, the Scarlet Letter, I discovered that my students were really struggling to understand the sentences as sentences. Like having trouble identifying the subject and the verb. Yes, Harvard undergraduates, presumably some of the best and brightest minds in the country has to offer, could not identify subjects and verbs. There you have it. Need I say more, but I'll continue. Sure, this critique is largely within the context of not being able to decipher older written works, but it makes the criticism no less embarrassing. Quote, their capacities are different, and the 19th century is a long time ago. It's not quite the excuse that Claybaugh may think it is. Things like simple subject and verb identification are basic building blocks of language. And while the Scarlet Letter certainly wouldn't be called a breezy or simple read by many, it's still something that has been routinely taught at the high school level. I had to read it in high school. I think it was in the 10th grade, if I recall. 10th or 11th, I can't remember which. I mean, come on, who hasn't read the Scarlet Letter? The rest of that essay tries to explain away why there appears to be this gaping chasm and basic knowledge when really it's pretty simple. Young students are wasting time learning about rather useless stuff in school, like the danger of Christianity or being bombarded by perversion when they're not outright fearing for their general well-being instead of anything important or even classical. In other words, you're not being taught reading, writing, arithmetic, being taught, you know, gender, gender fluidity and gender studies and what's your pronoun and all this other crap and CRT which has nothing to do with reading and writing and arithmetic. As why that enrollment keeps dropping again, simple explanation, would you want a Bachelor of Arts in creative writing in this economy? Didn't think so. Yeah. Uh, but the basics aren't being taught. So when the kids get to college, uh, they don't difference between a subject and a verb in a sentence. It's pretty sad. They don't even know when the Civil War was fought, what the American Revolution was all about. Declaration of Independence. You've seen these interviews where a lot of these people, I know Jesse Waters does a lot on Fox. He has some, that's kind of his claim to fame. But where he and now other people go to these, I mean, like Stanford University, Yale, Princeton, and they go pull students out of the quad. You know, not some student that's, you know, making an F and everything, apparently. But they'll pull them up and say, okay, you know, uh, what was the American Revolution about? When, when, when was the Declaration, you know, what's this, what's 4th of July about? What was the Declaration of Independence all about? Who won the American Revolution? They don't know. <laughs> they have no clue. When was the Civil War fought? Who won that one? What was that about? They have no clue. What was World War II fought? What was that about? They have no clue. Uh, you know, who's the vice president? They don't know. 
I mean, you're like, whoa. But then again, when you think about it, okay, they keep all, they spend all day long with their nose into a, a little a tiny flat screen that fits in the palm of your hand all day long when they're not being taught something. It's frightening. This is our future. Herein is our future. But here's part of the problem. Here's part of the problem. The schools push gender pronouns, then hide the agenda from the parents. See, they're more concerned about that. All students secretly taught to use names and pronouns they choose. Being reported by John Ransom, Real Clear Wire. A new report reveals students in the nation's largest school districts are encouraged to change their names and pronouns without parental knowledge, even though those same schools require parental approval for over-the-counter medicine. The report released by the Defense of Freedom Institute for Policy Studies, DFI, found that eight of the nation's 20 largest school districts allow students to use names and pronouns at school aligned with their gender identity without parental knowledge and consent, said the DFI. Yet these same districts, including New York City, Department of Education, Los Angeles Unified School District, and Chicago Public Schools, require parental permission to dispense over-the-counter medication to students at school. The report comes one day after the news broke that St. Paul Public Schools are explicitly instructing teachers to use students' preferred names and pronouns with or without parental consent, that according to WZTV Nashville. The study said that while the schools rightfully follow parental values regarding medication, the same logic wasn't applied to the use of pronouns, overthrowing the social and cultural consensus that parents decided what was best for their children. School districts across the country are failing to respect the rights of parents to make decisions for their minor children, said Bob Itell, co-founder and president of DFI. Dozens of parents spoke to the New York Times last month, saying that keeping secrets from parents is a stab in the back from the school system. Well, yeah. The Times details the work. Uh, the The Times also detailed the work of a transgender clinical psychologist, Dr. Erica Anderson, who is advocating actually for parental rights. Uh, it's well established that one of the most important factors in helping gender questioning children is family support, Anderson told Fox News Digital. So to deliberately deprive a child of support at a time, potentially when they need it most, I think is a serious error in judgment, she added. The FI report also says there are serious risks that come with changing how children interact with teachers and peers. Interim guidance from the, uh, the United Kingdom's, for example, National Health Service explains that early social transition in children is an act of intervention that should not be viewed as a neutral act, said the DFI report. But see, that secretiveness thing, thats the, therein lies the problem. This is what predators do. This is what people who sexually exploit children do. Uh, or or uh, uh, who sexualize children, intentionally expose children to pornography and stuff like that. This is This is what they do. And this secretism, this don't tell mom and dad, that's a hallmark of grooming. According to the American Bar Association, and I shared this, oh gosh, what, two or three weeks back. According to an article in the American Bar Association, they established the legal grounds for what many prosecutors and sexual abuse investigators and so on and so forth and the psychiatry world, et cetera, et cetera, uh, criminal justice world call what 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 they consider grooming, and it's this kind of stuff, gang. I read the thing. 
Go back and listen to archives. I'll probably need to do it again and do a reread on that. But it's just kind of nonsense. Oh, don't tell mom and dad. Shh, that's our little secret. You know? Well, yeah, that's what pedophiles like to do. Just keep those little little secrets. Keep those little secrets. Here's another one. Christian school in Kansas City goes woke with LGBTQIA plus messaging and goes broke. See, this is why the kids, when they get to college, can't uh, <laughs> tell the difference between a subject and a verb. They haven't been taught it. They've been taught all this other stuff. Gender fluidity and critical race theory. and uh, This is being reported by Deborah Hine. Uh, Aprovit Christian School in Missouri, or Missouri, has learned the hard way that alienating donors with divisive ideological posturing can lead to bad outcomes. The Urban Christian Academy in Kansas City is closing its doors at the end of the school year after losing 80% of its funding due to its adoption of LGBTQIA plus affirming messaging. The acronym, by the way, LGBTQIA stands for Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer, and or Questioning, Intersex, Asexual, uh, Aromantic, and Agender. If you've got all that. Uh, UCA is a private K-8 through Christian school with an enrollment of uh, of 100 students right now, providing a tuition-free, rigorous, and equitable education. That according to its website, which is still up. The school's troubles began early last year after it amended its long mission statement. And by the way, it's a Christian school. You're right. You heard that correctly. To include a paragraph that read, in part, we are an affirming school. We stand with the LGBTQIA plus community and believe in their and their holiness. We celebrate the diversity of God's creation in all its varied and beautiful forms. In all its varied and beautiful forms. All right. Um. Apparently there are whole whole verses of scripture that they've just uh I don't know tossed out the window. Um for example, I'll just share with you a handful here. How about uh, Leviticus eighteen twenty two through twenty four? How about uh Leviticus twenty through thirteen? How about Deuteronomy twenty three seventeen? Well that's the old testament. We're not under the Old Testament anymore. Also, let me mention Leviticus eighteen twenty two, Leviticus twenty thirteen, Deuteronomy twenty three seventeen. Uh, but also in the New Testament, yeah, you've got it there too. Uh, Romans chapter one verses twenty six through twenty seven, and First Corinthians chapter six verses nine through ten. That's New Testament. Apparently, they've scrubbed that out of their Bible. I keep telling you guys, we're in the age of apostasy. We are in the age of apostasy. We are there. As forewarned in Scripture. We're there. We're there. We're right there. If you have any doubts, I'll keep reminding you. So there's that. Yeah, you go woke, you go broke. So now they're shutting their doors. No surprise there. Uh, Finally, there's this. Pardon me as we go to break. Now educational establishment showing distress over this move towards all this equity and diversity stuff, or so-called diversity. Nothing wrong with diversity in and of itself, but this so-called forced diversity. And this just show willingness to challenge progressive ideological nomenclature. 
and monoculture. Being reported by Benjamin Ware Garten, Real Clear, a uh, wine garden, rather, Real Clear Wire. Is the quote unquote right commencing a long countermarch through the institutions, including the very one, the academy, from which the left is has its own long march uh, beginnings? Judging by the distress shown by some in educational establishments uh, and like minded corporate media regarding higher education reforms in North Carolina and Florida, one might get the impression that the countermarch is not only underway but rapidly advancing, threatening progressive stranglehold over schools and virtually every other American power center. Recent efforts to promote genuine intellectual diversity at UNC Chapel Hill and New College of Florida, spurred by Republican leaders and those whom they have delegated power, can be seen as both modest and revolutionary. On the one hand, looking uh, at it in isolation, such initiatives aim to alter the status quo with a mere two schools, albeit at New College, to a dramatically greater degree. On the other, they reflect a newfound willingness among state officials and their appointees to intervene on behalf of their constituents to shape state schools in ways that challenge the woke progressive ideological monoculture that prevails within them and broadly over the academy and which subsequently has come to pervade American life. To the extent that such reform efforts serve as models or authorities to combat wokeism at colleges and universities and that they presage more widespread and aggressive efforts nationwide, such a sea change within these vital institutions might justify the left's alarm. Uh, UNC Chapel Hill's their reform efforts consist of a push to develop a school of civic life and leadership codified via resolution unanimously approved by the school boards of trustees in late January. The proposed uh, school can be seen as responsive to UNC Chapel Hill's strategic plan, which counts among its aims promoting democracy and serving to benefit society. According to the chairman of the Board of Trustees, David L. Boliak, Jr., the school's purpose is to formalize curricula that really gives students the experience of being able to debate, share, learn, and respect a diversity of viewpoints. Not just it's my viewpoint and shut up because I'm going to protest it. Malik adds that the UNC, that at UNC Chapel Hill, quote, we have no shortage of left-of-center progressive views on our campus. The same really can't be said about right-of-center views. So that is an effort to try to remedy that, to provide equal opportunity to, for both views to be taught at the university. Yet the seemingly innocuous effort to create an undergraduate school focused on fostering constructive discourse between the left and right has raised heckles among some at the university. Faculty members claim to have been blindsided by the resolution. They believe the Board of Trustees usurped their prerogative in proposing the creation of the new school. Bell uh, Whelan, president of Southern Association of Colleges and School Commission on Colleges, UNC's accreditor, has questioned the legitimacy of the program on these grounds. Whelan says her organization's standards dictate that faculty have the role of developing the curriculum whereas board members are supposed to be eyes in, hands off. Uh, her criticism is, as well as her demand for documentation regarding the trustees' personal uh, carries and, and implicit, uh, their, their proposal carries an implicit threat that her organization could strip UNC of its accreditation, imperiling its federal funding. One gets the suspicion that critics' beef with the trustees might be more political than procedural, you think? After all, UNC Chapel Hill is a state-funded, managed, and maintained institution. North Carolina has vested within the Board of Trustees the power to ensure that the school serves the state's interests. Uh, 
According to the UNC Policy Manual and Code, the trustees are tasked with promoting the sound development of the school, helping it to serve the people of the state, and uh, and aiding it to perform at a high level of excellence in every area of endeavor to achieve these ends. It advises the school's controlling board of governors and its chancellor concerning the management and development of the institution, unquote. Consequently, as several former senior appointees of the Department of Education recently wrote an open letter to the Board of Trustees at Real Clear Education, endorsing its effort to establish the new schools. Quote, it's a sole constituency on campus with a fiduciary duty to the public. Not only is your board's active engagement in university governance permissible, it is in fact your duty, unquote. Are the board's critics, uh, do the board's critics dispute this, or do they simply resent any form of public control over education, particularly when exerted by those elected by Republicans who believe schools have a duty to protect free and open discourse? Well, if they're government schools, they kind of have to anyway, because as government schools, there's kind of that First Amendment thing, right? UNC Chapel Hill's Board of Trustees consists of 12 to 13 members, either appointed by the state's Republican-controlled uh, General Assembly. Now, down in Florida... Uh, they've got a similar situation uh, going on down there. Efforts underway at the at the uh, Florida's new college, a public uh, liberal arts school, and even more ambitious than UNC's uh, Chapel Hill's uh, initiative. There, Governor Ron DeSantis is not trying to create a true safe space for discourse within the school, but rather to remake the small school in its entirety, specifically into a bastion of classical education, more along the lines of Hillsdale of the South, that according uh, to his chief of staff. Leading that effort will be six new trustees recently appointed by the governor, including conservative intellectuals and academics Christopher Rufo, Matthew Spaulding, Charles Kessler, and Mark Bowerlin. Uh, the six alongside the members appointed by the Florida Board of Governors, 14 of uh, 17 members of whom are appointed by the governor, and a newly appointed president, Governor Sanders' former education commissioner, Richard Corcoran, uh, or, or Corcoran, are leading the project of recapture and reinvention in Rufo's words. Rufo has proposed redesigning the curriculum to align with the classical model, abolishing the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, and replacing them with equality, merit, and, and colorblindness principles, adopting the Calvin statement on institutional neutrality, restricting the administration and academic departments, recruiting new faculty and expertise, and the classical liberal arts tradition, and establishing a graduate school for training teachers in classical education. So there's that. Let's take a quick pause. Um, on Bill Maher's show, and he's by no means what some people would call a big conservative right-winger, he uh, put out a little challenge to there on the set to Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders couldn't, couldn't quite uh, tackle it at first. You hear that clip in just a sec. Hold tight. Are there some things about your life that you wish were different? Actually, it's not too late for a change. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. I would like to give you at this moment the opportunity of changing the direction of your life, the eternal destiny of your life, and the condition of your life. And here's how you can do that. You can recognize honestly that you're a sinner, that you've sinned against God, and that you don't deserve anything. So the invitation is this, to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, 
and acknowledge that you've never trusted him as your Savior. You've tried to do good, but the Bible states that that doesn't work. He says, by works of righteousness which you've done, no person's ever been saved. I want to invite you to invite Jesus Christ into your life, asking him to forgive you of your sins, surrendering yourself to him personally, and saying, Lord, I want you in my life. I want you to live your life in and through me. I need the forgiveness of my sins. I do want to go to heaven when I die, but I want my life to count now. And most of all, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Learn more about how Jesus Christ can change the course of your life. Visit us at intouch.org. So Bill Maher had uh, Bernie Sanders. He had a couple folks on there. He had Bernie Sanders on. Um, was on his show uh, just the other day. Uh, this being reported by Jeffrey Clark, Fox News, by the way. Uh, when asked whether he supported equity or equality on Maher's show, uh, Sanders didn't, first of all, didn't really know the def- was unsure of the definitions between the two. He quizzed Bernie Sanders on woke equity language. Uh, he, of course, he's, a, he's uh, not only a senator, he's an avowed socialist. And uh, old Bernie struggled to explain the difference between, initially, between equity and equality. On HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher, this was Friday night, an exchange that's now gone viral. Maher's press sounders about it. Uh, author of the book, it's, uh, books, It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism, to give his stance on the debate. And he, and he said, are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity in outcomes? Mayor asked his guests. Let me let you hear the clip. This is Bill Maher and his exchange with uh, old Bernie Sanders. You might find his answer actually quite interesting. Uh, the, 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 the capitalist, pretend socialist, Bernie Sanders. Why do I say that? Because actions speak a heck of a lot louder than words. This is a guy that owns like three or four homes, uh, has no problem selling all kinds of books in a, in a f- relatively free marketplace and charging exorbitant prices to come uh, speak at your whatever. Yeah, if this guy ain't a capitalist, I don't know who is, but he's a pretend socialist. He wants you to be a socialist while he's a capitalist. And therein lies the rub of Marxism. They make all the money you just, you know, you're a peon. Let me, uh, let me play the clip for you. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting, I think. Confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity in outcomes. Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years. And before that, we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality. That's right. Like it's the same word. And it's, it's not, not the same word in the same c- concept. So nope. how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about, uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society, we want all people Right. To have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more guarantee of outcome. Is it not? I yeah, think. I think so. I think that's okay. Fine. So, which do you come? Which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Boys, any comment on that one? I just don't know if that's the if that's the definitional difference. And then some uh, other schmo he had on there. Well, I don't know about the definition of that. I think is uh, no, that is a definition, whether you want it to be or not. Okay, it has nothing to do with equality. People are, see, again, it's the word salad games that the socialist Marxists play. 
It's the word salad games. It's the jungle gym of semantics, the playground of semantics, the swing set, the merry-go-round, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, the little the little horse that goes back and forth uh, in front of the grocery store. You put the quarter in. They still or they put the fifty cents or a bucket. Do they still have those. That's what that's what they put you on. Okay, does not mean the same thing. Equity and equality are two different things. On that note, it's now equitable for me to end the show right now. Gotta go. Be sure to have uh, a great one. Uh, Check out the websites, ChristianTalkThatRocks.Nitter.com. Also, be sure to take care of yourselves, take care of those you love. And remember, God is love. See you next time.